0: From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland Edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 534, for the week of December 13th, 2015. The Disunplug Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary mulatto Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. Coming up on Tuesday's shows, Tony has some ideas for a sit-down dinner at Disneyland Resort for under fifteen do uh, <laughs> under fifty dollars, sorry. And in what's become our traditional final segment of the year, we talk about our favorite things of twenty fifteen. But right now it's time for this week's news on round table rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone.
1: Hello, Hello. Hey
0: there.
2: Hey there, hi there, ho
0: there. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was the rest of your trip michael it
2: was really nice we okay. we ended up going over to disney world and we uh mm-hmm. we the the connecting with walt podcast family had a reunion and nice i saw yeah, that on a facebook yeah we we ate at the brown derby and we saw the for our last time the osborne festival right. of spectacle oh, of dancing man. lights
1: I need to get out there.
2: Yeah. Although you I suspect so you and
3: everybody else,
2: I suspect it's going to come back someday. And, uh, you know, after all the star Wars construction is done, and hey, wait,
1: maybe they could bring it to us. Like, Hey, they stole our lights yeah, with, that's the darn, right. with the darn parade. Maybe they could bring it out to, put
2: it right. to downtown Disney. And then we, when we also went to candlelight, um, they could they could put it like down Hollywood Boulevard. In, or, I in love in this Boulevard. idea.
1: This is, let's do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael. So anyway, so yeah, no, we had a very nice time. The weather was fine; it only rained just a little, and uh, we had a great time. Very cool. Um, want to say
0: a hello to our friends listening live on Mixler? If you want to listen live to us, we broadcast live, or stream live uh, Sunday evenings at eight p.m. Pacific. Uh, we are taking a couple weeks off after this week, and we will be back with you on January 3rd, so that will be our next live episode, so watch our Facebook page or watch um the boards for an update and, and confirmation on that, but we expect us back on January 3rd, so we will have a nice, restful holiday period for a couple weeks, which is kind of cool, but we will miss you all, really, we will. We will, especially especially all the people on Mixler that are there every single week. They're our buds, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yay! Yeah. All right, any housekeeping?
4: I have some housekeeping.
0: Go ahead, Joe Um.
4: Oh, we had we had announced about the Jedi training was going to be changing at the Disneyland at the Disneyland Park, and right. that's already started. Where now you pre-register to. To participate in the show. So okay. what you do is... Well, and it's
0: the new show too, right? And
4: it's a new show, yes.
0: Okay.
4: Um, it takes... The pre-registration takes place at the former Atopia Fast Pass distribution area, which is located at the exit from the Star Wars launch bay. They have a kiosk there. Okay. And they do still um, fight Darth Vader, but there's also a new character, and Michael might have a little bit more details about that. Mm-hmm. And the child who will be fighting these foes, they has to be present at pre-registration. So folks don't take have the children go off with one parent and the other parent go and pre-register them. They have to be there. Um And then you can also choose which show you want to go to. And they ask that the children show up 25 minutes before the show. So right now, since it's new, people are able to pre-register for the shows a little bit later in the morning. I think, especially with the holidays coming up, they're going to go quickly. So if you have a child... Uh, I believe the ages between four and 12 who wants to participate, get there early in the morning because the registration begins when the Disneyland park opens for the day and it's not available during the extra magic hour or magic morning. So depend, you know, and since it is close to space mountain, you can get your fast pass for hyperspace mountain and go pre-register your children for the attraction. And then Michael, you said you had seen part of, part of it right yeah
2: i at over at disney hollywood studios uh in as i was waiting for star tours and all that and carol was uh <laughs> carol's <was> wrapping gifts <laughs> so and so um what? at the little thing yeah it was actually it was craig and kylie's craig is my co-host on on connecting with walt it was it we couldn't go to their wedding and so um we had their we had their wedding gifts, but you can't bring wrapped gifts into the park. We learned that the hard way once, and so um, we brought in the gifts, and Carol brought in the wrapping paper, all pre-cut and all that. And so she was wrapping the paper
4: <laughs> there
2: while I was watching the show. And so, from what did they redo the stage uh, where in Disneyland where this they is being w- done?
3: They were redoing it when I was there last okay. a couple weeks ago. So Be- that was apparently a big reveal.
2: Yeah, because they the stage the stage at Disney Hollywood Studios is done is different. Where there's like this big temple with these sliding open doors, and so what happens is is that the from what I can figure out the the Jedi <laughs> Master and his Padawan they're all in their hoods and all that. They come up on stage and are followed by the children who had pre signed up. It looks like it's about a dozen or so of them, and they're in their little hoods and they have their little lightsabers, and uh, the Jedi Master tells him we've arrived at the place and the force is very strong there. And he tells, the Jedi Master tells his Padwan, his assistant, about how fear can lead to the dark side. And he tells the group of little Jedi's there that, um, they have to, um, face their fears so that they can all become Jedi's and all that. And so then what happens is he goes through and, uh, the Jedi ge- Master gives him a you know a little lesson on how to wield their lightsabers and all that kind of stuff and and, and, and there 's a cute dialogue that that even adults will enjoy and then suddenly there 's a disturbance in the force and they and then what happens is the doors of the temple open up, and of course there 's a whole lot of stage fog and all that and Darth Vader comes into view and he 's there to turn the um these young Jedi into um, it to over to the dark side. And then this other figure comes out and I didn't know who this was. And it will was...
4: know probably after the 19th though. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually
2: I think somebody no, told from, me it's in yeah, yeah, the Star Disney rebels, XD right? series. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars rebels. It's like oh. the seventh sister or something. It's a villain, I guess. In this. Yeah. I, Is it uh, the
3: one with the, she's got kind of a helmet over her face.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of, of the, she's one of the inquisitors. Aliens.
3: She uses like a really weird, um, a really weird lightsaber that's kind of based on a circle.
2: Yeah. So, anyway. So, well, yes. um, we're so,
3: fans of Rebels, of okay. Star Wars Rebels.
2: Well, you'll like this show then. And so, w- apparently, this is like when Luke and, and Yoda went to Dagobah and they were doing the training and Luke goes into the forest where it's the dark side and, you know, he meets up with Darth, but it's not really Darth. It's, mm-hmm. it's, he's confronting his fears. That's what this is. It's not really Darth or the seventh sister. They're confronting their fears through this routine. And, um, anyway, they still, they defeat their fears except, oh, and there's music and there's lightsaber sound effects and there's all, you know, I mean, it's really great for the kids. And then, um, the students were, uh, or, or as the kids, you know, do all this and they, Darth Vader and the Seven Sisters, um, they have to admit defeat because the young Jedis use their force and they send them back into the darkness. But um, the the young Padawan, the Jedi Master's apprentice, uh, um, because she was afraid, um, she started down the dark path and more mist comes out of the temple and Darth Maul comes out. And oh. the I won't give away the ending, but it, it, it all lives happily ever after, and all of that. <laughs> you just gave <laughs> away <Interesting>. the
1: ending. <laughs> 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 well,
2: well, it depends, yeah, it depends if you're was, on the dark side or the, the good side.
1: So um, then that my idea that he they were going to reenact the scene in whatever one when Anakin just destroys all the little little ones that's that's not gonna happen
2: <laughs> no so the children are you know they, they're they all declared that they're uh they're going to become jedi knights uh they pose for photos and then uh, and they get a little certificate and they have to and i assume they have to return their robes and lightsabers so and it's, that's it it's actually a very entertaining show so um you know so i enjoyed it very cool
0: Right. I have another rapid
4: fire. Go ahead. I have a question. Have any <sighs> of you heard about um, Screamer of the Day? I was reading this on the boards.
0: No. Over
4: in California Adventure, they do this on certain park days. Nancy, this is something I thought maybe you might have heard about, but before they open Monsters, the Monsters, Inc. ride, they <sighs> have the kids waiting there. They scream to start up the ride. Oh, how funny. Yeah, there are
0: people waiting to ride monsters. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, especially now, but... Uh, and, and so the most excited and the loudest, um, kid who screams the loudest wins a pass that says screamer of the day on it. And they get to go in the exit the rest of the day. So they can write that as many times and without oh, any waiting. Cool. Oh, that's cool. that's fun. I think that's, so, yeah, I didn't even that's know they really
3: had that. Awesome. I think no, that's really awesome. No, I'd never heard of that.
4: Okay. So this is my, something maybe you want to take your girls, Nancy, and, and see if maybe they could, like wherever could win at park it can Yeah, I'll take my girls. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right.
4: Say that again? I said, like, wherever a park opening. Oh, (laughs) Well, one day you can do it. But anyway, I just thought it was cool. And it goes to show, as much as we know about the parks, they always have, there's all these little things that are happening.
3: Or there's always um, something weird and new.
4: Yeah, Uh, to to delight the crowds. And it's just another cool little thing. So I thought, when I read that today, and there's a a few of our posters who've experienced it, so I I thought I'd share that.
0: Major, I heard you went to a birthday party today.
4: I did. No way, really? I did. I went to a birthday party with Leslie and Chris. Was it Quentin
2: Tarantino, your next-door neighbor? Yes.
4: No, you know what? Was it
2: Bob Iger, your around-the-corner neighbor?
4: (laughs) No, that wasn't Bob Iger. That was um, John Lasseter.
2: Oh, John Lasseter, that's right. You had to
4: have seen by his his Hawaiian. Hey, I hang out with the big guys. They don't know it, (laughs) but (laughs) I hang out with them. But anyway, so so what we did is we decided that there's, on Facebook, there was a group that were getting together to celebrate Dick Van Dyke's 90th birthday. So they, his wife um, kind of organized it, which is really nice. And at the Grove yesterday, if any of you haven't heard about it, they did a flash mob dance um, yesterday morning. And my understanding is that he also danced towards the end of it, which is kind of cool. Fun. Um, yeah, I saw the whole thing being organized and I really, I... Just couldn't swing going to it. So I was a little disappointed, but was was that one
2: where they dressed up as chimney sweeps? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook.
4: Yeah. They were going to, they were trying to do it at Disneyland, but they just, Disneyland kind of nixed the idea probably because the number of people that are, that are at the parks right now. But so they ended up doing it at the Grove yesterday morning and it's, it was so well organized. I kudos to the folks who put that on. And then today um there were several things happening and I'll just go through really quickly on the um they had at um 10:30 they had the they dedicated Jolly Holiday Bakery to him. So my friends Oh wow. Oh yeah, they, that's oh, awesome. Which, which, which isn't that appropriate, right? Because of the song that he sings. So Yeah. Chris and Leslie got seats when I they got there before me. We had front and center. We were the closest to Dick Van Dyke when he came out. And we could hear him talking without, they didn't have him on a microphone or anything. They were interviewing him. And so there were a huge group of people. People were dressed up as chimney sweeps, as Michael said. There were people dressed up as um, Bert in the Jolly Holiday scene. And, cool. and just characters from Mary Poppins all over. So it was just a really fun day to do that. And so his wife was there and he doesn't call her his wife. He calls her his water. And the reason he told us is because she's mistaken for his daughter so many times that he just <laughs> puts wife and daughter together. And so he calls her his water. So we thought that was really cute. And he made a point to greet everybody after he was interviewed after. And they presented him with a little silhouette. Uh, you know, the cutout silhouettes that they do in Main Street, right? Right. And it's of a chimney sweep jumping with a little um, broom in the air. And they so they gave that to him. It was so cute. They, so he... Um, I believe that's probably what they're going to have hanging in the restaurant, maybe Um, of Dick Van Dyke. Cause there was a big a ribbon that he untied to show it. And I periscoped it. So anybody who's following me on periscope, is going to be up for another 24 and whatever, however many hours. I still have to figure out how to download it to my phone, but I did periscope it and there's some people who watched it live. And then after that, Everybody went to New Orleans Square and at 1230, 1245, they had him go up into the balcony, the Walt Disney, Roy Disney balcony of the Dream Suite by Pirates of the Caribbean. So we, even though it was going to be that late, we went there at 11. There was already a big group. It was kind of taped off, but by the time that it was time for Dick Van Dyke to show up, it was, it was a sea of people from the building to the rivers of america and as far as i could see you know because i can see so far with my height so as far as i could see that, and i did take pictures and so um they sang songs and so he has a kind of like a backup group called the um vantastics cool. and he sang and they did backup and he even wrapped one of his songs Jeez. it was so cute and when they did step in time he was Dancing up there? Now, he's ninety, year, 90 years old. I and he's know. Dancing. I'm amazed by that. Oh yeah, and his voice sounded great. He, uh, it was, it was just such a joy. So I periscoped that also. Uh, my girlfriend, well, Chris, she videotaped it, so we have that on. She put it on Facebook, so whoever's friends with me will see that on my feed because I shared it. And what's
0: your what's your Periscope?
4: Uh, my Periscope and Twitter is MaryJoMW. M is in Mary okay. W. So, Mary MW. So, if you follow me, or you can go search for it, you'll you'll see the the two videos that I on, did on
0: all of our show notes page. At the very bottom are links to all of our social medias. So, I will add I will, I'll add your Periscope on the onto our show notes page. So, starting this week, okay. If you scroll down, I'll have the link for your Periscope yeah. on there.
4: And typically, what I'm going to Periscope is anytime I go to Disneyland, um, I I Periscope the candy cane making like I said last week. Um I want a Periscope Viva Navidad because people have been asking me to. And I'll do Such that. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's really good. So uh, so I'll just pop up. You know, some I don't really want to announce ahead of time in case I don't do it. Not like not like anybody's gonna be waiting to see me, but anyway, it's something new and if anybody wants to give me hints on doing a better um video for you all, please I I have no ego, so I just want to make it good for all of you, but we the the performance they they that they did was just so nice, and like I said, his presence, his smiling, his wife was when I forgot to say when they dedicated um Jolly holiday Bakery, she had tears in her eyes, she was wiping them and and so she was crying, so she was so happy for him, so it was really nice to see that, and then we all sang happy Birthday to him Aww. and he just, it was just so nice. And it just, everybody just had a good feeling. And then after that, Chris, Leslie, and I went to, um, Main Street because he was going to be part of the pre-parade for the, um, holiday parade. And that was going to be at 155. So we parked ourselves in front of the train station in town square. And sure enough, when he finally came around, he came around and he actually got out of the, the car. Well, who, um. You know how in sensational parade you have Mary Poppins and Bird on those carousel horses mm-hmm. so they were in front of him and then they had him like in a typical um when you have like the general marshal who the person for the the grand marshal parade, parade marshal thank you Nancy so they had him in one of those cars and then he got out in front of the train station and was joined by chimney sweeps and the penguins and did like a really uh short little Short little show now, I don't remember if he sang or not. We were just enjoying the whole thing, and then he went up on top where the v i p seating is, and he um there were people who were dressed up. I think what they did is they gathered the people who really were dressed up to look like the chimney sweets and Mary Poppins up there, and they took some photos, so I believe they're doing a documentary on him, and where they interviewed him, and they had these shows and everything. Um, the people are going to, you'll see these photos and you'll see what he has to say about all of that. And it's so funny because one of the, our, um, visitors on the Disneyland board was there today and she was up there and she said that he shook her hand because she had her Mary Poppins hat on. And so they were thrilled. And then after that, he took a ride on the train, um, around the park. And so, um, When he said, this whole car is for me. And they said, yes, he said, an actor's life for me. They said he sang that up there. So then the last thing I didn't partake in participate in this because I needed to get home. What was at 445 people. Even Leslie had one too. They made little kites in the sh- in the side, like eight and a half by eleven kites, and decorated it. And they went to the rivers of America, and they sang, "Let's go fly a kite." It was a sing along, and everybody held their kites up. So I'm sure people will see pictures of that, and that's what it's from—is the sing along. So today was just for those of us who are fans of Dick Van Dyke, who really is a a, a treasure. Um, it really was a treat for us to go over there and just participate. And, um, and see him. It was very, very special.
0: Very special. Very cool.
4: Yeah. And then my last, my last housekeeping. Another one? Yeah, just one. She's so full of them. them. I I, I know, right? Well, well, Disneyland has a lot to, there's a lot going on at Disneyland. It's just wonderful. Uh, I ran into Dave Avancino. Remember, he's at the uh-huh. Disney Anna, um, shop. And so I did Periscope talking to him, showing, you know, just a little bit of his artwork. And so if you want to see that chat, it's there too. Did he do a commercial? He didn't do a commercial. He was surprised because <laughs> I just kind of just, you know, went went that there going, and here's Dave. You know, he's like, Oh, and here I am. Hi, Mary Jo. Yeah. You know. But, um, he'll be back in March for anybody who wants to get any of his artwork. And, and you can contact him on Facebook. Uh, for if you'd like to have him make any of the, the name signs. It it would make a great Christmas or a birthday gift, you know, these things. I
0: think it's Dave Avanzino Designs.
4: Yes, thank you. On Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay, I'm done. Awesome. Any other housekeeping other than Mary jo?
4: <laughs> No. <laughs> I think she no, pretty much said perfect.
3: it all for all of us. <laughs> all right. If you want to
0: get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at com or you can email us individually at our names at www.info.com and if you want again links to anything we talk about and also uh, links to our social media you can find that at www.desunplugged.com there's a post for every week of shows um, these will be dated 12, 13, 15 and you can find uh, links to those shows and um, like I said all, all our social media and links to stuff we talk about All right, let's talk about the news. Um, Nancy has her first story, and this one, gosh, this is such a huge surprise.
3: Finally, (laughs) finally, 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 we've been waiting for this forever. The Wizarding...
0: (laughs) The worst worst kept secret ever.
3: They finally announced when the Wizarding World of Harry Potter will open at Universal Studios Hollywood. Woo! I know, right? We've been waiting for this. Yes, it opens on Thursday, April seventh. So not a Wednesday, not a Friday. Thursday, <laughs> April seventh, twenty sixteen. Uh, so
0: when will it really open?
3: You know,
2: at April
3: twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're right? making yes. a big deal though about it. They're making a big deal about it, um, in different news stories, you know, they're talking about the new television spots coming, um, that are designed, and to, and, well, they've got the new app that we talked about a few shows back, um, and now they're talking about new television things. And keep in mind, we're not getting the same exact version of the Wizarding World that's coming. You know, that's already existing in Orlando. Ours is going to be a little different. We're going to have the three D version,
2: um, the one in Japan. We're getting that version. Universal Studios in um, Japan.
3: So, so Google that. <laughs> um, now you will. It's it is on an elevated track. And, um, and you'll be spiraling and pivoting 360 degrees, as they, they say. <laughs> um, wow. And of course, you know, you're going to enter into Hogsmeade. And the, actually, I didn't realize this, but Flight of the Hippogriff is actually their first outdoor coaster. Um, so that's going to be interesting. The, you yeah, know, because now that I think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, they really don't have any outdoor and attractions. Everything's in sound stages, keeping with other the universe. Other theme. than the s-
0: s- well, silly spinny,
1: well, whatever it is. Well, considering yeah. it's hotter there than Florida in August and September, it'd be nice to, to not have an outdoor coaster.
3: But that's okay. So, um, now they're going to have things a little bit differently. Um, they're going, they will have, um, the three broomsticks and the hogshead pub. And they will have, um, the magic neap and butterbeer carts. Now, don't ask me about the magic neap, but uh, apparently that's another place you can get their, get your butterbeer at. Um, they will have Honeydukes, Olivanders, the Owl Post, um, Zonko's Joke Shop, Wiseacre's Wizarding Equipment, Dervish and Bangs, Gladrag's Wizardware, and Filch's Emporium of Confiscated Goods. They're also going to have a block. It's kind of a wall of shops, including um a tea shop and a couple other things where you'll be using your interactive lawns. I'm so excited. So that is quite the... um that's quite the bit of excitement. They haven't really been talking about, you know, the use of the interactive wands and anything they've previously, re- previously released. So, that is pretty much it. We were gonna have our, of course, Wizarding World. Yay. And apparently the 3D goggles that you're gonna use to wear while you ride the Wizarding World will be Quidditch inspired in design. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I guess... You know,
2: hmm? So, everybody before this opens, go on to Pottermore and get sorted into your house so you know what robes you need to buy. <laughs> what merchandise you mm-hmm. need to buy.
3: Ain't that the truth? If you haven't gone to Hot Topic and bought it already, but yes.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking it may open a little earlier than that because of spring break.
3: They're going to have to do some kind of... You know, some kind of soft, soft opening. Open. Yeah.
0: Um, Let's see. Easter's Easter's the twenty seventh of March. So most people have spring break. What the week before that? So that's what March twentieth, twenty first. I'm guessing around
2: then. Although they might not want to open it to crowds. They might want to do it when it's low attendance, in case there are problems.
3: Yeah, I would say that Michael sounds the most correct. I don't think they're gonna wanna, you know, do it when they've got the peak of attendance, the peak of those weeks. I'm, I'm honestly betting maybe a week, because we really didn't so get like, a lot of that right, when like, they opened so like it right originally. After Easter, then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's face it. If you look back at historically at the opening in Orlando, they didn't do a lot of soft open, and that was part of the complaint mm-hmm. when that first opened. So. So yes, I think it's. I'm I'm putting my clock at a week.
4: Very <laughs> right, cool. If I had All an right. annual pass, I'd go to it. But there's. But now they raise the price. Of those yeah, too. yeah. Or, or do they even have annual passes right now? Um. Yes, they, yes. Yes.
0: We we talked about that in the show a couple weeks yeah. ago. They they have the new ones out now. And they raise the price.
3: Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, I th- they blocked out, I think, and they blocked
2: out those days. I think <laughs> our feeling was it really wasn't worth it because there wasn't enough mm-hmm. reason to go back.
0: All right. Thank you, Nancy. Um, our next news story, uh, Michael has.
2: Yeah, well, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger joined Disney Legends, members of the Disney family, and other Disney luminaries. And they all gathered to dedicate Walt Disney's newly restored office suite on the Walt Disney Studios lot in Burbank on December 7th, 2015, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the Burbank studio. And this has had, Walt's um, office has been on a long journey to get back to where it belonged. <laughs> uh, just a little background. Walt Disney had two offices. He had a formal office with the bookcase and the piano to officially greet visitors to the studio. And the next door, he also had his working office where he would read scripts, catch up on mail, and hold meetings with Disney Studio personnel. Um, Both offices were closed and locked and undisturbed after Walt's death, with only an occasional maintenance person going into dust and vacuum. One of the first tasks assigned to former Disney archivist Dave Smith was to accurately inventory everything in the offices when the archives was established in June 1970. So Walt's office sat untouched for four years. Um, thanks to S- Smith's careful documentation, the two offices are recreated in accurate detail, from the carpet to the ceiling tiles, for the Walt Disney Story attraction in Disneyland's Main Street Opera House in 1973. So remember that.
4: Yep, I so, remember that.
2: And then, and then the exhibit temporarily replaced Great Moments with Mister mm-hmm. Lincoln, which reopened in 1975 after guests um, very loudly protested its closure. So Walt's offices remained as part of the pre-show. So then on October 1st, 2001, at what was then the Disney MGM Studios, a new attraction opened titled One Man's Dream. As part of the 100 Years of Magic celebration, with great care and at great expense, Walt's working office from the Disneyland exhibit had been installed temporarily, just for mm. the celebration.
4: How long, how long did the temporary uh, relocation last? 14 years. 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: because of the time and expense to transport it back to California, which greatly disappointed um, the Disneyland cast members and the guests. So that's why it was there for so long. Now the contents on the desk are the same artifacts exactly as Walt left them on his last day in this office, uh, down to the paper clips. I mean, I-, I heard Dave Smith talk about when he inventoried this office, and he went down to the paper clips a- wow. and how many there were and where they were and all that. That's how fastidious he was. Um, there were scripts that Walt was working on, along with, um, a battered open briefcase nearby that he would use to take the scripts home to review. On Walt's desk are copies of the company magazine, the Disney World, um, along with other papers, including a note to discuss with Card Walker and others about the progress report on the Disney World project. And this was dated September 8th, 1966. So in August 2015, Walt's office exhibit was removed from the one man's dream exhibit at Disney Hollywood Studios and was rumored to be returning to the Walt Disney Family Museum in California. But um, most museum members didn't think much of this rumor since the office is owned by the Disney company and the museum currently lacks the public space to exhibit the office. So most Disney fans assumed it would be returned to the archives and hoped it would once again be put on exhibit in the opera house on Disneyland's town square. So I think a lot of us are really surprised to hear Walt Disney's office had been returned to its original location in the Walt Disney's studio's original animation building. Um, the suite was occupied recently by desperate housewives creator, Mark Cherry. And before that, by, by um, the national treasure, Sean Cassidy. Um, The restoration faithfully reconstructs Walt's formal and working offices and includes original furnishings, um, some items from his collection of miniatures, awards, and his piano. Office Suite 3H was carefully restored and re-envisioned by Walt Disney Archives staff as an immersive exhibit experience where Disney employees and studio guests can find inspiration by visiting the creative center of the studio that Walt so loved. Um, the five-room suite includes a reception area, a secretary's office, Walt's working office, his private office, and another room he used to relax. Um, there's a master plan for Walt Disney World on the wall with future attractions highlighted. There's scripts on the credenza for Lieutenant Robinson Crusoe, USN, and Mary Jo, you know, who starred in that.
4: Robinson Crusoe?
2: USN. Yep. Uh-huh. Dick Van Dyke.
4: Yep. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you. You
2: were. (laughs) And then, um, Monkeys Go Home was all the script was also there. Um, there were Disney figures on shelves and three ashtrays on his desk. So with the restoration of Walt's office, the company is taking a page from Hewlett Packard Company's playbook, which turned the garage workshop of its co-founders into a historical landmark. So the offices are pretty small. So they set up an area just outside the double glass doors that were installed by Michael Eisner when he occupied that office. And that's where they held a small press conference. Um, Walt Disney's granddaughters, Joanna Miller, Jennifer Goff, and Michelle Lund were on hand for the event, along with special guests, including Richard Sherman, who we all know is the composer of. Mary Poppins and it's a small mm-hmm. world and many more Disney classics and Elizabeth Sherman, Catherine Beaumont, who's the voice of Alice from Alice in Wonderland and Wendy and Peter Pan and um, Dave Smith, um, Marty Sklar were also in attendance along with um, Rebecca Klein, who's the head of Disney archives. So Bob Iger spoke first, and he said, looking around this office reminds you of his devotion to his family, of his curiosity, of his relentless creative passion. He praised um, Rebecca's archives teams and said one of his favorite items is the master plan for what would become Walt Disney World in Orlando, including Walt's extraordinary original vision for Epcot, which we never built. I added that last part in there. Um, <laughs> We we put this permanent exhibit together to serve as a source of inspiration, said Iger during the ceremony, a reminder to have great ambition, to take bold creative risks, to constantly innovate and push the limits of possibility, to relentlessly pursue perfection, and to tell fantastic stories that touch people's hearts. That was Walt Disney. Wall who first moved into this office in January 1940, was, by the mid-1950s, creating animated classics, live-action films, unforgettable TV series, and exploring new forms of entertainment, including our Disneyland. All within these walls. So, he also welcomed an impressive list of visitors over the years. Um, into this office, including um, Leopold Stokowski, the Sherman Brothers, and Salvador Dali, to authors, foreign dignitaries, and animation pioneers like the Fleischer Brothers. Um, it's a very cozy, humble place with things he loved in it and things we remember from our childhood, said jo- Joanna Miller, Walt's granddaughter, who spoke on behalf of the Disney family at the event. Joanna Miller said it was a kind of overwhelm kind of overwhelming to be back here in grandpa's office. We did homework in there. We used to watch dailies down the hall. We would come on weekends and drive our utopia cars around the lot. I can't believe that grandpa let six, seven, and eight year olds free on the lot. It's really very moving to be here. I think that one thing you take from this is that it's a humble place. The design of the furniture is modern and was modern at the time. But it's not a big office. It's very cozy, um, a humble place with things that he loved in it and things that we remember from our childhood. The little wooden figures behind his desk that we all see on the lead-ins from his TV shows. We've all been in his office. It's not just us. It's the whole world of people. And then she thanked the archives for bringing it back. Watching this project move from concept to reality has really been rewarding for me and the archive staff, um, said Walt Disney Archives Director Rebecca Klein. Having the chance to work with the original materials preserved from Walt's office in the actual space in which they were used as tools of the trade is a unique experience for us historians. Seeing firsthand the kind of things that Walt surrounded himself with for inspiration really helps us to understand the kind of person and creative genius that he truly was. The fact that we could mount this display, much less with original and historic materials, is a testament to our department's own history, as well as Walt's. We were lucky and honored to have cooperated with so many other groups around the Walt Disney Company to make this new exhibit a reality. Putting this office back it was extremely important for us to get it right and to research it in a painstaking fashion, and that's what was done. Bob Iger said. Now, Dave Smith, Disney's former chief archivist, said Walt Disney Company was the first in the industry to put together an archive, and as I said in 1970, when Disney legend Dave Smith founded the Walt Disney Archives, he he was that was one of his first things that he did was to inventory the office. And they, for the last 45 years, they've been sit, uh, safely cared for by the staff of the Walt Disney Archives. Um, none of the other motion picture companies had an archive at the time, Smith recalled. So Smith made sure to save every item, archive every document, and take many pictures. It's really like deja vu walking in here because almost nothing has changed, Smith said. Now everything is back in its original place, just like music composer Sh- Richard Sherman remembers. It's recreated exactly the way it was. It's like walking back into your youth. I remember vividly sitting at this piano playing for Walt so many times, Sherman said. Disney's office exhibit in the animation building of Walt Disney Studios will be added to the Studio Lot Tours beginning in January 2016. This new permanent exhibit is dedicated to the creative genius of Walt Disney and presents the history of the man and the company he founded through artifacts and images. Um, There's also going to be rotating exhibits on various Disney subjects to celebrate anniversaries, films, and events throughout the company's history from 1923 to the present day in the room next door to the office. Um, The first exhibit is dedicated to Ken Weber. He was the architect who designed the look and feel of the studio lot, which opened in 1940. Um, Weber also designed furniture for the studio and his designs, along with concept artwork, and it's going to be showcased for a limited time. Walt Disney's office will be open to Disney employees, cast members, and studio visitors. Um, like I said, in 2016, the office will be part of a studio tour that's open to Disney Movie Rewards members who cash in points, and I have mine to cash in, <laughs> as well as guests of Adventures <laughs> by <laughs> Disney um, who do the Backstage Magic Tour, gold members of Disney's D23 Fan Club who already pay $80 in annual fees. They will also be able to purchase tours that include the office. So now the big question is, do you believe Walt's office should have been reinstalled at Disneyland where it could serve as inspiration for theme park guests? Or do you agree that restoring it to the Walt Disney Studio, where in its original location, where but where it can be viewed by a fewer number of Disney fans is more appropriate? What do you all think?
3: Well, I think in reading one of those articles, um, and having been on one of these backstage tours for Disney Visa Rewards members uh, right before D23. Um, I think that from what the articles were saying is they're allowing the studio employees, the studio cast members and such access to it on a regular basis and, you know, to help them with inspiration as well. And if it can drive them to be even more inspired to produce great things that we will all enjoy, maybe that's really, I mean, it, there's pros and cons. If you put it at the studio, if you put it at the parks, kids can be inspired. And future animators can be inspired. But do we want to, the company to keep remembering where it came from? Do we want to, the company to keep finding inspiration in it to follow that dream further, you know, despite all crazy external management decisions and political pressures and whatever, internal corporate pressures. I don't know. I think I'd rather have it at the lot where they can kind of remember where they came from and use it to propel forward.
4: I kind of agree with Nancy. I, I remember when it was at Disneyland, I remember being sad that it went to Walt Disney World. But in retrospect, I think for, I think it was the right thing to do because a lot of East Coast fans don't have the opportunity to come out the West. So even though we were, we grumbled and we did about it being at Walt Disney World, I'm glad it was there, but I think it belongs at the studios in its original location.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree because I think when you have it behind glass, like an exhibit, it tends to make Walt Disney more out of reach and more uh, of a figurehead, you know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think having it back in the studio lot where it belongs, where, as Nancy said, employees can go and see it, it, it may, maybe it takes them back to their roots and reminds them of what the ideals of the company were, what the ideals of Walt Disney were. Because there are times it seems like they drift away from them. And so, um, so I'm, I'm glad they're in the original space and that the public in some methods can see it, but that it's going to be a useful space for, for studio employees.
4: I think so. Yeah. Well, and, we- and go ahead, Nancy. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, rather than, Although I would love for it to be at Disneyland, I would think that it would be would have if it was going to be outside the studios, it would be more appropriate at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Yeah, yeah,
2: I would, I would have loved to have seen it there. That would have been yeah. great because I live near there. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, and, and because it's dedicated to to Walt Disney, and as you know, I'm telling you, yeah. but. Um, it's in its right place. I don't know. Tom, Tony, what do you guys or Tom? I are Oh, whoa, 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 wait. Oh, that hurt.
1: Tom Tony, what do you think? Tony doesn't. He just eats. I'm
4: sorry. Tony, what do you think? Tom can be last. He's our producer.
1: Well, is there gonna be a snack bar? No, I'm just um <laughs> yeah. No. I actually was at first totally disagree like, oh no, it should be where everybody can see it. But then Nancy was very convincing explaining well, why. It's important for them so they know where they came from. And as I've listened to more of the way to tie it all in with Michael's podcasts, the uh, Connecting with Walt, and thinking of what we do now versus what we did then, we, what they do now versus what they did then, I do think it's most important there with the people working there to remind them who started it all and what his philosophies were and things like that because I think we've lost some of that. So I do – I thought Nancy was very – Um, convincing. And now I agree. So, yeah, there you go.
3: What was funny was right before D23, when we took that tour, I was graciously invited by uh, Matthew and Miguel on that tour and they were, we actually got to go up the stairs and look at the Mickey painting that led to the final flight of stairs up to the office And that was like huge excitement for us. But they told us at that point that there was construction going on. And so, you know, we were kind of wondering because nobody was really talking about it. And so that was, that was kind of exciting validation to hear that that's what was really happening when we were there was that they were getting the office prepped up for, you know, for that restoration. So that's pretty darn. Super neat to have kind of seen
4: the animation building at that point in time, and then um, I asked in our in the asked our chatterati in the chat room, and they're kind of agreeing. I I, in fact not kind of everybody's agreed so far. Yeah, that that. So Tom, are you going to be the lone dissenter?
2: No.
3: right (laughs) just like
2: tom the the rumor i heard and i don't know if this story is true the reason they made this decision was because when they were uh they were filming saving mr banks and of course uh, quite a bit of it takes place in walt's offices and when they wanted they thought let's use walt's office they wanted to actually film it in there and the uh current the occupant at the time refused and <laughs> that's when they decided we're taking the office back nice that, that at least that that's the story i heard but i can't you know vouch
4: i like that story and, and it, it's it's now become that's what i heard that's what it is
2: yeah so be, i and, heard it from michael on the <laughs> yeah Oh boy and and
4: you and, know he does those the the um hit those podcasts about walt disney so it's got to be true because he does so much (laughs) so as a result
2: they had to rebuild his uh his offices on one of the sound stages
3: well that could that couldn't have been sean cassidy in there because he's too nice of a guy
2: no no it was the yeah was the occupant after him from what i understand
3: yeah no he's too nice of a guy my girlfriend worked in the office next to him when she was angela lansbury's secretary and I'm uh, drop
1: those names. I know there's a lot there.
3: Hey, I've gotten <laughs> right? to ro- I got to ride in the quarry. i keeping Al- track. Hard.
1: Well, you know what? That's if you cool. put those all as tags in the show, might get our numbers up.
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you,
0: Michael. That is the news time for rapid fire. I will go first. Um, it, we are almost at the grand opening of the Great Wolf Lodge. Wow. Yay. and as such. They are running a special. Yay! Woo! So there's this grand opening offer. Save up to 25% on best available rates for stays February 29th, 2016 through September 30th, uh, 2016. Using promo code GRAND. G-R-A-N-D. Um, availability, of course, is limited and you must book by twelve thirty one fifteen. 15 Offers not valid. May not be valid during holiday and blackout periods, and cannot be combined with any other offer, uh, any other discount or promotional offer. Of course, other restrictions apply. I'm sure, but yeah, I'm excited. So February twenty ninth,
3: twenty. Oh, it's you're not it's, okay. n- as near as excited as my daughter Lily is. Oh, nice. She okay. is counting down. She's nice. like, can I have my birthday Do you have a party there? Yet? No. Okay. Not yet, but now I will. After you've heard, you've told me about this promo yeah. code.
2: And did you hear on the Disneyland show they're going to be building one near Disney World or on the Disney World that. show?
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. that they're going to be building yeah. one in
2: Orlando. Too. I saw that on
3: oh. actually on uh, my Facebook feed.
0: So, Pretty exciting. Yeah, we, we we yeah we need to get I need to get a reservation. To take uh, West out there and get. And take
1: take your family out there, my uh, Nancy, and we'll see.
3: Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. To I'm
1: interested too. If I can get Andrew to go, because you know, I'm since I'm not, I travel so much. I think he would do it just to be nice, like to spend time with me. But I really right. want to know what a four. Wait, was he fourteen? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. I'm <laughs> like, is he fifteen yet? No, I don't mean it that way. But I mean, like, is he, he turn for like what a fourteen right. year old freshman in high school thinks about it. Like I kind of right. want him to go because I think that would really help our listeners. With okay, so we've got, you know, uh, Nancy's age kids, your age, eight and yeah, ten, you're, and but you're also um, West is more willing to do stuff like that. Yeah, and Andrew's now starting to get like more cool, or at least mm-hmm. the, you know in that age, yeah. and I'm interested. Right. No, so I'm curious to see what he thinks. Yeah. Like, I want to do a one day just to – and he'll be – because he's – his dad's on a podcast. He'll be, well, you know, I thought blah, blah, blah. Like, he really will. I'm just <laughs> – I'm interested. I I got to give it a shot and see what he thinks because yeah. then I think we'd really know – is it like Legoland or is it like Disneyland, Right. you know?
3: Well, Legoland doesn't have – well, okay, yes. No, I take that back. Legoland does have cool water rides.
1: No, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, talking about for about the age group.
3: But yeah. yes. No, no. But I mean – Who doesn't like a water park? Legoland has a water park. I know my
1: only concern about it, though, is, and I'm excited about it myself, my only concern would be the- I mean, even Napoleon likes water parks. Would would be the theme- (laughs) 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 I got that. (laughs) Oh, now I got it. And he likes (laughs) the music, yes. That took me a second. That took me a second. Sorry. I mean, that took me more than a second. about a minute um is my only concern is the theming yeah is yeah. it the theming is to the point where it makes 14 15 year olds no you know what i mean that's my it's only concern a,
3: the sum no, of the, not as the negative is... thing
1: i'm just curious to see how themed it is and is it to the point where that age well, group won't be interested
3: and when I was looking at some more of the marketing materials, I I noticed it was it was quite a bit on the you know come and join our characters blah blah blah. So I would I you have every right I think to be concerned about and that. Is
1: there and there's no way to go to the park? I mean, excuse me, the water park without being a guest of the hotel, correct? Correct. I as much as I don't like that, I totally agree with it because yeah, then you, you don't have the riffraff teenagers just Mm -hmm. hanging out right locals. They'll be all at, um, soaks, well, soak city. Yeah.
3: So in that respect, I can see it's very much like Legoland in that, in that issue of, you know, like for instance, the Legoland water park, the only way you can go to it is by being, by going to Legoland and then paying for the extra ticket you have to get into Legoland in order to get into their water park, so. All right,
0: well, we shall see very, very soon. All right. uh, Mary Jo? This
4: one I'm really looking forward to. Um, More than than the Great Wolf Lodge? You know, it's a hard tie. (laughs) 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 But this is a lot easier to attend than the Great Wolf Lodge, at least with, with my budget, but at Steakhouse 55, which is located in a Disneyland hotel, beginning January 22nd, they're going to be hosting a, an afternoon tea. Yay. So, nice. for those... Say that again? Yay! Yeah. Yay. We're, we're looking forward to it. So I love tea. And little sandwiches. They, years ago, they used to have one at the Paradise Pier Hotel, and I took Kelly for her birthday when she was younger, so I've always thought that it would be nice to go have tea, so... This is going to be held from 12 noon to 3 p.m. and it's going to be a typical tea with the tea sandwiches and and the scones etc and there's two different tea parties that you can choose from. One is the Classic Tea Party, which has the scones, like I said, the tea sandwiches shaped in Mickey's head, little Mickey head sandwiches, um, desserts, and then different teas, uh, loose-leaf teas that they're going to offer and herbal infusions that you can choose from. And then they offer the Premium Tea Party, and that one is um, this what I just named, but in addition, you also get the sparkling wine, traditional, um, you get salad, and you get a farewell truffle. Uh, when you leave, so the prices from there go from forty dollars to sixty-five dollars for those. No, forty. I think it's fifty to sixty, because the kids tea party is forty dollars, and the kids tea party is traditional scones, tea sandwiches, desserts, and the herbal infusions or juices, milk or hot chocolate for the children who quite aren't ready to start with the tea to drink teas yet. But um, a lot of us ladies, I've I've already booked it for the day. They let me see. They open on the twenty second. I booked it on the twenty first, twenty fourth, with uh, my kids. So I have my my daughter and my son's girlfriend. So Yasmin and Kelly and Yasmin are excited, and Nick is like, "What's a tea?" And so so we're like, "Just just go with us and and dress
3: nicely, fun. go with us." I'm yeah. I tell you, I'm I'm gonna you know get the girls all dressed up. We'll do the whole little.
4: Oh yeah, we're going we're going to dress up. I mean, not fancy fancy, but we're going to dress nice. And for those who might be um asking, no, there is no dress code. Uh but it is nice to go over there. It's a nice restaurant. And so this is in between the breakfast time and and dinner time, so they're not going to interfere with that. And so I'm really looking forward to it. And no Keith, it's not afternoon tea with Mickey.
2: <laughs> I was hoping well, no, it'd it be with Mary Poppins.
4: Yeah, that now that one we did, that was at uh, paradise pier hotel it was uh mary poppins tea party and then they had uh where you could dress up they had all these like boas and stuff like that the girls could take pictures or the guys too could take pictures um but this is not with characters it's just an opportunity to have in spend a few hours having a nice tea and a little bit of a i don't want to say culture just a nice just a nice time
3: Oh, that culture.
4: Culture's good. Well, it's like, you know, they don't have it's not Victorian these tea, but. Say that again. It's Hans? not Victorian tea, but. Right. Well, and it's fun because, funny because we did this when we went on our Alaska cruise. We had the tea at the Empress Hotel. Oh, in, um, that's the, Victoria.
2: that's the mother of all teas.
4: Right? <laughs> yes. Well, so I don't, this probably can't compare to that, right, Michael? I mean, we were in the yeah. pretty, pretty.
2: And you get place. a lot of food at that. That's like, a, it's a meal at the Empress.
4: Yeah, I think that's going to happen here too. You don't think that it's much, but by the time you eat those little tea sandwiches and you eat those scones and then have dessert, it's, you get pretty full. But yeah, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no,
2: the Empress too. They had, uh, you know, they also had little cakes and pastries and cookies. Oh, that's right. You know, the tea cookies. That they had a lot yeah, of food.
4: <laughs> yeah, we no, we. I don't no, even no, think no, we no. got to the desserts over there. We were we were pretty full. Shame on you. And we really. And and this one, I you know, I. <laughs> We're all gonna go I know the premium tea I know my kids are gonna want that sparkling wine. So. <laughs> heck yeah.
3: <laughs> so it we'll be very relaxed afterwards. We wanna see Mary Joe on a bar stool. <laughs> nice. Only a go,
2: tea on, go, go on Space Mountain <laughs> right after that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, thank you, Mary Joe.
2: Michael. All right. Well I'm 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 in the Walt Disney theme here tonight. So, uh, we've talked about the Walt Disney Family Museum and how much I enjoy it. Well, that's located in the Presidio, which is the former San Francisco military base, just southeast of the Golden Gate Bridge. And it is going to get its second hotel in 2017. Um, the hotel is going to be rebuilt out of a 120-year-old building that formerly housed soldiers. And the reason I'm bringing this up because it is located right next door to the Walt Disney Family Family Museum. Um, nice. This this hotel will have about forty rooms, many of which will have spectacular views of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, the name of the property hasn't been determined, but it will likely be separate from the inn at the Presidio, which opened in 2012 with 22 rooms, and that's in the former um Pershing Hall. And this hotel is going to be managed by Waterford Hotels and Inns, which also oversees the inn at the Presidio. So if you are planning a trip to the Walt Disney Family Museum, you can stay right next door. I'm sure it will not be inexpensive, however, but it should be very nice.
4: But it will be in the heart of the magic.
2: It will be. It's
4: kind of nice having a place to stay out there that's close to the Walt Disney Museum, though.
2: It is, because the Walt Disney Family Museum can be very difficult to get to. Uh, Public transit is is not easy, and half the time you can get a taxi cab to the museum isn't a problem. It's getting them to come and pick you up is the problem. And frequently they won't show up. So I'm hoping with a hotel next door, it's going to be a lot easier for folks to get cabs. Because if you're at the museum and you need a cab, just walk next door to the hotel and order right. it from oh, there. Right. Oh,
4: yeah. Makes perfect
3: sense. Cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Very
3: cool. Uh, Nancy? Okay, so, you know, New Year's Eve is coming up in a few weeks. And, you know, there's lots and lots... L.A. is chock full of grown-up New Year's Eve things to do. But what is there for families other than, say, driving down to Legoland or, you know, finding one of the many... Um, Kid activity-friendly places. Well, there's a wonderful party going on at the Los Angeles Zoo right in the heart of Griffith Park. Um, So if you're up in the Hollywood area, this is a great place to go. And even from the Disneyland Hotel, you can go and actually be back in time to see the fireworks, you know, from your hotel window at Disneyland. So it is called the L.A. Zoo Lights Family New Year's Eve. And it will be Thursday, December thirty first, from six to nine. Although you are welcome to stay on the zoo property and see all of the zoo lights until ten o'clock. Um, adult admission, thirteen and over, is sixty two twenty four. I'm I'm sorry, sixty nine twenty four. I can't see today. <laughs> um, and child, a uh, children's admission from age two to twelve is forty two ninety nine this includes uh, it's a because it's a separately ticketed event you don't have to go through the standard zoo admission line to see the lights and everything there's a separate entry um, there's dinner buffet soft drinks dessert a carousel ride on their um, you know endangered species carousel um, crafts there's a DJ and a live broadcast of the East Coast Ball Drop at 9 p.m. You can toast the New Year with champagne for the adults and sparkling cider for the youngsters. There's photo ops and a cash bar available. After the party, like I said, the guests are welcome to stay and experience the zoo lights until closing at 10 p.m. Um, There's is going on in an expanded area of the zoo which is transformed into a wonderland of glowing light animals and a bunch of dazzling additions um, including the lair which is their sort of children's zoo area um, and reptile area um, and it's got uh, light water and music displays They also have a special area with real reindeer, which can actually come from a farm in Oregon. And they're all girls this year, um, because all of the boys have lost their, lost their rack of antlers. So, um, that's a little trivia tidbit from the local LA News here. Um, and so you can enjoy all of your holiday treats and goodies under the stars. Um, the reindeer are in an alpine setting. They're, they'll have cocoa, holiday treats. They're going to have glittering, glowing merchandise for purchase. Um, free parking with the event. This is a rain or shine event, so there will be no rain checks. Um, since the LA Zoo Lights is an evening event, the only animals on display, to remind you, will be the reindeer and the critters within the lair. Um And for groups, large groups, they do have uh, large group rates if you're a group of 50 or more. Um, So, woohoo. That is pretty much it. Visit uh, the Zoo Lights uh, Frequently Asked Questions page at
1: slash FAQ.
0: Very cool. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Tony.
1: Okay, it's time to chill. (laughs) Add the thank you for giggling. It's the uh, it's at the Queen Mary. We talked about it last year. Just reminding, I I forget about it, and then I look at it and go, "Why haven't I done it?"
4: So you keep saying you want to do. I know this, it's but- like the
1: third year in a row. You know we're <laughs> celebrating the anniversary of wanting to go to the chill, <laughs> yeah, but never doing it. So, anyways, the Queen Mary chill is back again, and just as a reminder, it is kind of for those that listen to the Orlando show or not or know of. Or you go to Texas or whatever. The Gaylord Palms ice thing. Queen Mary has one, but it sounds like it's more amazing. Uh, they have ice tubing. They have um, ice skating. This year's theme is a Christmas carol. And can I just tell you, I love how the web... This is totally unrelated. Well, actually, it is related. How websites now, they just they just got to keep moving on their own, even though you're trying to find the... The the screen that I, – I don't need to see five screens going by. I don't need to watch the video, The Making of the Ice Kingdom, but they want me to. Anyways, it's from now until January 10th and it is based on the theme of A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' classic novel comes to life with over 2 million pounds of ice. It's 13,000 square feet. Uh, make sure you bring a parka and gloves. temperatures drop to a numbing 9 degrees in the igloo. They do not provide public parkas. Okay. just. Oh, in. wow. Um, no, sorry. My bad. I read that wrong. We do provide public parkas, but guests are welcome to bring their own hats, gloves, and jackets. My bad. Sorry. Okay. So follow Ebenezer Scrooge to the frozen streets of London to discover the meaning of Christmas, take in the sights and sounds of Victorian Street, sightsee landmarks such as Big Ben and London's Tower Bridge, read the giant ice slide in Long, right there in Long Beach, and because they're seeing what Universal and everybody's doing, there's the Elf Express Fast Lane Fast. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Elf what? Express Lane Fast. The Elf, an extra fifteen dollars, you get priority entry into the Ice Kingdom as well as ice tubing lanes. That's exciting, and uh, you get access to their swing and sleigh ride. Regularly priced at five dollars per ride. Uh, the ice slide is only for age guests ages four plus. Must be 250 or less to ride. Must be 40 inches or taller to ride. Strollers are not allowed inside the Ice Kingdom exhibit. Well, that's interesting. There is a stroller parking located outside the exhibit. The exhibit is ADA friendly. Uh, Let's see. What else do we got? It looks pretty amazing. I just want to really quickly remind –
2: you everything wait, there's wait, what about this ice bar when you said it was this is $15? I thought it was this ice bar. Oh,
1: no, no, there's an actual um,
2: <laughs> yeah, there's there's more. There's
1: it's it's $15 is just for the elf to actually okay. get in. It, it's way more, it's
2: $35. No, but for for $15, you can get you can have a vodka tasting journey <laughs> at well, the ice bar. Well,
1: I, I was trying to focus again. On, okay, so okay, if, if those have listened to the show where i where we're discussing uh cheap eats here we are who thought i would be the bastion of caring about our children because hey, okay, <laughs> tom wants to take him into carthy circle lounge so he can have a manhattan <laughs> michael wants to go to the bar with vodka
2: well and if you're if you have if your family of 3 you each get a different vodka well there you go it's very economical a <laughs> yes,
1: family that yeah <laughs> it has vodka together, sure? stays
2: together.
3: You know, I bet Mary Jo's family would do that. You're right. Oh, yeah, they would. Yes. Um, they would but Mary Jo also vodka. has
1: children over 21. Uh, there's so family. Like- oh, there's there's some new pieces, though, from this year. Family five-pack is $129.99 for select dates. Um, there are now some extra. Oh, they have characters and stuff. $99 cozy cabanas. That's interesting. Instead of. Being cold, warm, you know, getting the shade. Now you're going to be warm. Chill in your rink side heated cabana up to 10 guests um, for 99 bucks. I just think that's interesting. Uh, that's no, that's actually kind of a cool a thing. Idea. Okay. <laughs> now I do have a problem with the next private party piece. For three ninety nine. the chill engagement. The coolest way to pop the big question this holiday season for an unforgettable moment frozen in time includes consultation walkthrough with proposal coordinator, Two chill tickets with Elf. Personalized Will You Marry Me ice sculptor. Now the the, the problem I have with it is you better do this right before this website goes down. Because I'm sure if your significant other sees, oh, you bought the package because you couldn't figure out how to do it yourself. I'm just saying that's, it sounds like, you know, you went to the Walmart of
2: Hmm. I need to get. Um, oh, I need
1: the. I need the good proposal. Anyways, uh, and the and the Elvis wedding. Well, okay. This is actually a cool deal. For three hundred ninety nine dollars. Cool deal. I get no, it. I but, wasn't going there, but for three hundred ninety nine dollars, the claws cabin and patio. Okay. Before the, you see that's too expensive for four hundred bucks. Two hour private party, up to thirty guests. So three, four. You know. Okay, that ends up not being that expensive. With a visit from Mrs. Claus or Santa. Aww. Treat, trays, food, and beverage options available. But I'm saying for 400 bucks, if you could get 30. But that's probably in addition to the 35 or whatever oh, well, it is to yeah, get. Yeah, I'm in. sure. Oh, now here, okay. And for Michael and Tom, the Scrooge and Marley pub party.
2: Toast Ooh, the holidays right. with a
1: pub party for 40 guests starting at $800. When did oh all these. My fun- gosh. When did all what these. What you fun get th- for this? Yeah, when did all these fun things that were supposed to be for kids. Turn into these high end devastery Yes, like the fifties. You, know, um, you can also get a, a package. Well, I wasn't. I didn't mean to go into all that, but then I saw exciting stuff. So there's ice skating, there's ice tubing, there's the ice kingdom, and it's uh, not not bad for last minute rapid fire time. I uh, thank you. Twenty five dollars. Um, Twenty five dollars for children. Thirty five dollars for an adult. It's open from five to ten on the weekdays. It looks like in December. And then it's, oh no, it's open 20, uh, 24 hour dump. It's open with the vodka. That'd be crazy. Uh, it's open 10 AM to 10 PM beginning Saturday, December 19th. And then, uh, it's open new year's Eve only from 10 to five. Cause I'm sure they have another hard ticket event if you mm-hmm. want that. And it goes all the way through January 10th. So check it awesome. out on queen com. Very
0: cool. Thank you, Tony. All right, that is going to do it for this segment of the Disunplugged and extended version. Goodness, uh, be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week, and we will be back again with you in January. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Happy
2: New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
4: Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy New
3: Year. Happy Holidays, everybody.